2: Hey guys, in a couple of weeks, we're bringing back our favorite annual tradition here at the show. It's going to be our Halloween costume contest. You guys take pictures of your adorable children dressed up like weightlifters or a lobster in a pot, or please someone dress your kid up like Terry grows, and then we'll declare a winner. Send the winner a prize. But the real winner is me and our whole staff and everyone who follows us on Instagram. Because isn't dressing up your kid like Ruth Bader Ginsburg the best part of parenting? We have instructions for the contest coming to our Instagram page. Just follow us there. We're at longest, shortest time. And thank you. Really. Just, you know, hoping my ovaries don't both explode looking at pictures of your adorable little gremlins. Hey, that could be my costume this year. It was 2 o'clock in the morning here in New York City, and I was all alone in Stitcher Studios. The lights were dim, office empty, and I was talking to Amy in San Jose, California. She was up with her 18-month-old daughter.
3: I'm telling you, she must be a shark because I feel like she's teething all the time. (laughs) I mean, there's only so many teeth a person has, right?
2: What do you do for that? We call you guys. <laughs> this is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Andrea Salenzi, and here at the show, we know that the wee hours of the night are a special time for parents. A lot of moms are up feeding. Oh, but now you're 84. Maybe it's cozy, or maybe you're freaking out. Are you disturbed? them on the phone, mister. Sorry, multitasking. Oh. But lots of you tell us you feel alone in these moments. So we decided we wanted to be there for you. Literally, we opened up the phones and invited you to call in one night from two until five in the morning. At times, it felt like an ad for coffee. Lots and lots of coffee, lots of good quality coffee. (laughs) But right away, intimate stuff came up. Stuff we usually don't talk about during the day. Like, infertility. My second caller of the night, Sarah, that multitasking mom. She's from Lewiston, Maine, and tried for four years before she had her son, Luke.
4: We had a lot of struggle, initial struggles with breastfeeding, and I was exclusively
5: pumping. And I thought, like,
4: man, this is miserable. People told me having a baby was great, and I really wanted this baby. It so hard. Um,
2: oh. How did pumping at work go?
6: It's like this little cinder block room with, like, a rocking chair and a very bright light. It doesn't
4: give anybody a warm and fuzzy feeling.
2: But it's a rocking chair.
4: Yeah. I know. Which for pumping, like, I don't really need to rock with my pump. Like, <laughs> it does not need to be soothed.
2: And then, around 2.30 in the morning, the weirdest, most amazing thing happened. Hi. Our producer Jackie sent me a note. She had a caller on the line who was wide awake.
3: This is Tess. I actually kind of cheated. It's not the middle of the night for me. I'm in, in Australia, and it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon.
2: <laughs> right when Tess called, our producer Jackie told me she had another Australian waiting online to get through to the show. So while she's on hold, we're going to get to know Tess a little bit.
3: You're awake in the middle of the night, and I, my kid just woke up from his afternoon nap. <laughs> How old's your kid? He's 13 months old. Say hi. No, he's frowning. He's not, he doesn't like doing things on demand. (laughs) Me neither, man. But he does a great crow impersonation. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) What?
2: How hard did you have to squeeze him to make him do that? Uh, uh. Oh, my God. (laughs) Do you guys have crows in America? Yeah, for sure. That's his favorite bird. <laughs> You're a great crow, oh. my love. <laughs> I really can't tell if that's a crow or a baby. I'll never know. Yep, yeah, I think it's his spirit animal. <laughs> Tess, you're not going to believe us, but we have another caller who's cheating in the same way you are right now. We have another Australian. She's Australian, too? (laughs) That's so funny. Um, I'm going to put her on the line. Is that okay? Cool. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Melanie, are you there? I am. Hi, Andrea.
7: Hey. How's it going? Hi, Melanie.
3: Hi. Hi. (laughs) We both cheated.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are you both located in Australia?
3: I'm in Fortel, which is near uh Coff Harbour, which is basically in between Sydney and Brisbane. On the east coast, right near the beach. Uh
7: and I'm 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 from Brisbane, um, but mm-hmm. I am currently at my parents' place in Harvey Bay, which is about four hours north of Brisbane. Nice. I bet it's
3: not cold and rainy
7: there. No, it's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yup. Okay, mate. Okay. How many kids have you got? How do they... Do you sleep them in a cot all
7: night long? Ah, well, that's the interesting thing. I have no children. I am a wannabe mum. That's why. I'm... Calling in but you know in solidarity I was up at three thirty a.m this morning with my dog so I feel like oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's fine we we tried for three years
3: to make this baby and I think I don't know if this is your story or even relevant to your story but that absolute longing for this makes the wake-ups in the night kind of mean nothing
7: that means so so much because there's so many people who know that I'm trying who will say to me, "Oh, you won't get any sleep. Your life now is nice. You get to go to bed when you want to." And I sort of think I I kind of want those late nights and no yeah. sleep, even if it I is that. hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're two. Yeah, two mums, and so
3: for us, it costs us a lot of money, lots of driving, lots of stress, and thought. You should have seen the list of baby names we had. It was like three
2: pages long. Do you have a list of baby names, Melanie? I only have two so like I have one for
7: either gender um so uh-huh. because I I'm I'm single so I'll be a single parent and so it's one baby for me for sure you know unless I get multiples because that's a high chance with fertility treatment but it's a one off for me <laughs> Yeah we had lots of soft
3: gentle baby boy names picked out for this little one and he He looked like he was ready for battle when he came out of the womb, and we were like, okay, we cannot call you Willow.
2: (laughs) 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 You need something strong. Wait, maybe I'm tired. He looked like he was ready for what out of the womb? For battle. For battle. (laughs) Like, he had this frown. Yeah, he had this
3: frown and this, like, really staunch energy about him that we, we kind of... He just knew right away that he couldn't have a soft, gentle boy's name. He needed something that was really strong.
2: So while Melanie's trying to get pregnant, maybe she should consider a longer list? Uh-huh. I would. <laughs> it sounds like it.
3: <laughs> P.S. I just totally multitasked and changed the pooey nappy while I
2: was explaining all of that. <laughs> you know, well done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh uh, wait, so what name did you go with, Tess, in the end?
3: Tobin. T O B I N. So yeah, it's kinda like Toby but with the N on the end instead.
2: So Melanie, what is it like to try to get pregnant? I understand you just tried for the first time.
7: I did. I had um so I had an IUI and in, into uterine insemination, but it was my first go and it was uh, it was about a month ago now, and it and it failed, which was kind of heartbreaking. Um, yeah, okay, and sucks. and I, Oh, thank you, and I and I really, I I don't know. Part of me really expected it to fail because I know the odds are kind of stacked against me a little bit, but it is just. So devastating, because i I want it so badly, but then, on the practicality side it 's so expensive, and i 've got to go and do it again, and that's uh, that 's a lot of money um, for it to have the same amount of chance and that same uh emotional connection to it because, you know, you can't, even though they tell you after you've had it that you have to try not to think for two weeks about being pregnant or not, you know, every little thing that happens, you think that maybe you are or maybe you aren't. And Mm -hmm. PMS is so similar to pregnancy symptoms that, Mm -hmm. of course, you can't tell the difference. Yeah. And so when, uh, and I knew before the blood test that it had failed, so I sort of, got to have have a bit of an upset day and then rang them and um, said, well, I'm not coming in for the blood test because I know it's failed. And they went, well, you're using a donor sperm, so actually you do have to come in and suffer the blood test, which was also really hard. You just have to go into a fertility clinic and there's a lot of hopeful, happy-looking people there and you're sort of like, well, I'm not happy today. <laughs> Yeah, so it's 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 way more emotional than I thought it would be. I thought I would just pick up and have another go, but I've decided to take a a month off and reevaluate and go back. I'm going to go again, but um, just not straight away. Can I ask a question?
3: Of course. <laughs> would you consider just saving up or investing a little bit more in doing IVF?
7: Yes, uh, that, that's definitely that's definitely on
2: Okay, sense. I'm just going to jump in here for a quick explainer for anyone who hasn't been kept up at night thinking about fertility. What Melanie did was an IUI, which is a fertility treatment that involves placing sperm inside a woman's uterus. In her case, frozen donor sperm to help the chances of fertilizing an egg. What Tess just suggested is a more expensive invasive procedure, IVF, where eggs are collected from the ovaries fertilized by sperm in a lab, and then the fertilized egg or eggs are implanted back into the uterus. Okay, so back to Tess and Melanie.
7: I'm also really terrified of multiples um, because I'm just single. And while it would be amazing, I don't know that I would cope so well. um, You know, I want to continue to work part-time and yeah. So, I, but I was always under the impression that I had a high risk of multiples with IVF. But um, if they give you drugs for your IUIs, it's actually a much yeah. higher chance with that than with IVF. Yeah. So that, you know, I I don't have many people that I can say this to where it actually has meaning.
3: But that whole year of driving to Brisbane, paying acupuncturists. Being fertility specialist, being poked and prodded, as soon as he came out, that whole year disappeared.
2: That means everything to hear. Do you guys want to exchange phone numbers? Sure. Yeah. I'm <laughs> okay, gonna, well, I, we can. Yeah, yep, yep. you guys can do that quickly. Um, I'm going to, <laughs> and then I actually have other callers who are up late in the middle of the night that we got to get to. Okay, it's uh,
7: 0438, yep, 002.
2: While they're exchanging numbers, Jackie is furiously texting me right now. There are callers waiting to get through to the show, callers who are not cheaters, who actually are just wide awake for their own reasons. So, we're going to hear what's on their minds in a bit. Stay with us.
3: All right. Thank you. you. (laughs) Yeah, please do.
1: Thank you. Start your electric journey
2: Okay, we're back. It is 2.30 in the morning. And I was just talking to Tess and Melanie, who called during the daytime in Australia, cheaters. But now we actually have some moms on the line who are awake in the middle of the night. We have Sarah in Southern California, who has a year-old son. He's been on
5: a fun little tear of waking up, yelling in his crib every hmm, 45 minutes or so this evening.
2: (laughs) Also awake is Gretchen in Washington, D.C.
0: Uh, it's pretty par for the course right now. I have uh, a three-month-old nursing on me, and his name is Tanner, and I also have an almost three-year-old, and his name is Thomas.
2: And Heather in Easton, Maryland. Hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, tell us about your kids, Heather. Um so I have a
6: 5 and a 4 year old and um they the 4 year old has never slept without me. So she um she'll fall asleep in her own bed but she never stays in bed. And so How do you feel
5: about that? <laughs>
6: <laughs> like I just it's been that way literally since the day she was born. So it's not really my favorite. <laughs> but you know, like, I guess I would miss it if she wasn't there, but at the same time, like, tonight, I got kicked awake, and so I've been awake for, like, an hour, and so uh, now I'm actually hiding out in their room, <laughs> in their beds, because everybody else is in my bed, except for me. Oh, uh, you got kicked out. Yeah, that's far. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
5: but that's sort of sweet. I don't know. but. My- uh, as far as sleeping in beds goes, my husband and I had a pretty hard rule that we weren't going to have um, the kids in our bed at, at any point in time, which we've, we've sort of, we've broken once or twice and immediately regretted. So I can't say that I, I, I have the same issue, but I, I commiserate that it's definitely not um, a comfortable thing to be kicked out of your own bed. It's <laughs> <The poor> thing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we've had fair, various times we did that with my almost three-year-old and it's like we're times where we got in the habit of him being in the bed and then we'd have to break the habit, which would be terrible. But now he sleeps wonderfully on his own and, and we haven't moved him to a bed yet. So he's still in a crib, so he cannot get out. So that makes it a little easier, of course. <laughs>
2: I'm kind of curious what you all look like right now. If I could see inside of your kids' bedroom or wherever you're hiding out right now, what would I see? Oh
5: God, um, I'm I'm in the bathroom, <laughs> um, sitting on my kid's footstool. I'm wearing a, a man's wife beater, a nursing bra, even though I stopped nursing like probably like four months ago.
2: Why we still nursing some, bra?
5: Because it's comfy. But my legs are shaved, so (laughs) So that's a win. (laughs)
0: Um, Well, I'm in a bed, my bed, and uh, I'm nursing a baby currently. That's why it's quiet, because otherwise he is never quiet if he's awake. And I dressed similarly to that for my first son, and then for my second, I was like I want to splurge and get nursing pajamas so that uh, I don't have to feel like I'm just grumpy in what I'm wearing. So I got uh, nursing pajamas. So uh, those are a thing I learned that exist and are slightly more comfortable than not having them. But I totally wore nursing bras after I stopped nursing my first for a long time. I I, I never could go back to underwire because it's they're so much more comfortable. Afterwards, I was like, "Why does anyone wear wires in a bra? That's a ridiculous
5: idea." I second the nursing pajamas. Those things are were, were awesome, and now I'm like looking at the pile of them in my drawer, and I'm like, "What do, what do I do with them now?" Because I'm done nursing. I'm not having any more kids, but they're they're just still sitting there. Maybe I can find another mom. <laughs> more than I do, but yeah, yeah, it's not a pretty sight at midnight in my household. <laughs>
6: I'm in my kid's IKEA bed with the half uh, tarp over top of me, and my cat decided that he was also done being kicked, so he is in bed with me.
4: <laughs> nice.
6: Wearing my husband's Doctor Who T-shirt <laughs> because I also have piles of nursing pajamas, and they are also sitting in the drawer. <laughs>
2: Um, Do you guys have tricks for dealing with missing out on all the sleep? No.
6: Coffee. Coffee. I
5: don't know. At some point, you just get used to functioning at, like, a very low level of (laughs) sleep. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you try to sneak in naps and little, like, micro rests when you can. Um, But, no, there's no getting around that, um, this is self-imposed insomnia for me at this point because both of my kids are asleep, but yeah, I would say, like, you, you just learn to function on a a different level, and it's kind of sad when you come out of it and you actually start getting real sleep, and then you realize that, like, that, like, (laughs) you're, something, something, You you just like it's almost like being like amnesiac and waking up because like you don't realize how much of your life you actually miss (laughs) because you're freaking tired. (laughs) So memory of books you read, TV shows you watched, like any kind of recall related things, they they just get like blown out the first two years of your kids' lives until they start like sleeping better. (laughs) That's my experience anyway. I've been amazed what I can
0: do with lack of sleep, you know, like things yeah. that before I would have been like, I'm too tired to do this, mean it needs to happen tomorrow, and now it's it's amazing what what I can do without much sleep and I find it it makes me like a better Twitter because I'm just mm-hmm. too tired to like to over evaluate it, which you know with Twitter you want you kind of want it to just be your first reaction in some ways and not not something you over analyze and so uh, having no sleep makes me more likely to just you know shoot from the hip.
2: Mamas, we have another caller who's about to join us, and I just wanted to check in to see how you're all doing and if anyone needs to go.
5: I need to drop off, but thank you. It's been lovely, and it's um, it's awesome to be part of your community. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, I'm going to try to go to sleep, maybe. Actually, I'm going to go eat some cereal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good night, ladies, or morning, wherever it is you are.
2: (laughs) Bye. Bye. Okay, I'm going to keep you guys on the phone, and we're going to welcome Julie to the show. Julie, thank you for holding for so long. Oh, no
4: problem. I've been really enjoying listening to the conversation.
2: (laughs) So, Julie, you... You were in the hospital tonight. Can you tell us what's going on? I
4: am in the hospital, um, but <laughs> trying to make the most of every situation. I'm up right now, just like many parents. My son just took a giant dump. So that's <laughs> what I'm doing right now is just changing a real nasty diaper. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we just had our second son, um, well, 43 days ago, and he has been in the hospital all of those 43 days. He was diagnosed with a heart defect before he was born. And so we knew he would have heart surgery right away, which we expected, but he was a lot sicker than anyone had anticipated when he was first born. So he's doing great now. His road to recovery has just been a lot slower. We kind of expected to be home I don't know, maybe two or three weeks ago. So hopefully this will be our last week in the hospital, but things in hospital time move a lot slower than in real time. But other than that, he's a pretty normal baby in terms of, well, he's wide awake right now and taking a giant dump and loves his binky and, you know, sleeps at all the wrong times and all of those other things that six-week-old babies do, I
2: guess. How did that change your pregnancy for you? Knowing that you guys would have this time in the hospital after,
4: I slash we were really scared. I was so scared to give birth, mm-hmm. and I felt like well, we we found out at twenty weeks when we did an anatomy scan, and I'd say for about a month. We weren't sure how we were going to live with that information. And then it kind of became normalized. We had talked to so many people that had gone through with heart defects. We had had 9 million doctor's appointments. It became unhealthily normalized that we were like, oh, yeah, my baby's going to have heart surgery, da-da-da. Then bouncing back from that, the couple days before our induction, everything kind of hit like at a thousand miles an hour. Like, oh my god, this is happening! I'm not ready for this. I don't even know if I can, like, if I remember how to like, give birth, let alone <laughs> have a baby with a with a problem. All in all, I didn't really think about giving birth until I had to, and then it was like, "Oh, shit, I don't remember how to do this and
2: then it it was
4: fine. I mean, <laughs> you don't really need to remember how to do it.
2: Um, <laughs> Our other two callers have both also had two kids, so I'm curious if they also had a similar amnesia.
0: It's amazing oh, how much you have the amnesia, yeah, like you yeah. don't remember i have no recollection of yeah, all the details of what you did. <laughs>
6: Yeah, my first baby was an indu- an induction. And so like I just wasn't sure when I had my second how like I was I had no idea how it happens naturally. Mm-hmm. So like I it was just it was just a foreign concept to me cuz you know, the first time I was they induced me 3 weeks early. And then to be able to go full term with my second kid, it just I was afraid that I wasn't going to know when it was time to go to the hospital.
2: Mhm. <laughs> Did you know?
6: Yes. <laughs> oh,
3: I'm loving the baby sound. Sorry. Uh,
2: something I'm wondering about your situation, actually a lot of our callers tonight, is I'm I'm curious if you're gonna someday look back and miss this time in your life.
4: So a thousand percent yes and a thousand percent no. So in the hospital, what we had to do is in the first three weeks we were here, we were in the ICU, and that's you know not a fun place to be. There's there's beeps and boops a hundred hours of the day and a nurse in your little like pod that's sectioned off with a curtain and you know you don't really sleep and then. We moved to the step down unit, which is like a traditional hospital room where Nolan's been recovering. And I remember when we came over here that first week. I told my husband, I said I miss being in the ICU. Like I'm already nostalgic for that. And I think the reason why was like that's where we, that's where we met our son. Like that's, like there there was such a range of emotion there from like you know you just had a baby hormones to you're meeting this new child to he might not make it to, you know, he's so beautiful. This is the first time we get to hold him, you know, even though he's on this huge like breathing tube and all these cords, like I'm still holding my baby and those firsts don't go away. Part of me is sad because I feel like, because there were so many limits of really getting to hold him and, you know, getting to know him that we, we missed a little bit of the newborn phase. So I think, I'll, like, holding on to those memories is even stronger. You know, now he's already six weeks old, and it's like we're just, just getting to know him now. So I, I do think we'll miss them. You know, the other day I took my older son to the zoo. We got out for a minute, and uh, we um, made wishes in a fountain. We had some coins we threw them in, and I was like, hey, what do you wish for? And he was like, I wish for baby Nolan to get better and to come home from the hospital. I'm just like, oh, my God, he actually does like him. <laughs> um, <laughs> which like i've never really been sure of so far and things like that that like the range of emotion is so big that you can't i can't not like it i guess even though it's not where i want to
2: be we're going to be right back don't go away <sighs> We're back, and on the phone, I had Sarah in California, Gretchen in D.C., and Heather in Maryland. And at four in the morning, we were talking about siblings.
0: I'd say probably the biggest threat to my infant's safety is is the toddler. And uh, but then we um, we were at a party, and the infant was on the ground. Uh, just lying on the ground and uh and another kid another toddler came over and was kind of close to him and my toddler said like be careful <laughs> to to the other kid about because that's of course <laughs> what i always say to him about about the toddler so i was like oh that's cute that you're protective of of him even though you know you're usually the problem but <laughs> um so i think it i think it gets better over time with that once they interact more <laughs>
2: I'm glad to hear that. And then some callers went to sleep. Hang in there, mama. It was nice to meet you. Thank you. Good night. You too. And a whole new group of moms joined us to talk. Good morning. Morning. And these moms shared their reasons for being awake, even now that their kids are older and sleeping through the night.
4: I feel like there's so many other reasons that I still wake up. I would wake up and then I would, like, find myself ready to go in his room and help him and have to stop myself in the hallway. (laughs) And then I'm up and I'm like, well, like, what should I do? Like, should I like get ready for work? Should I read? Like, should I go down the rabbit hole of like looking at my fault? Like, I don't, like, I can't Mm -hmm. just go back to sleep.
5: I hear you. What do you do?
4: If I don't have a book laying around, it's usually like, looking at something on my phone and then, you know, spiraling into being angry about the world.
2: They even shared the things keeping their kids awake. Cameron, my two-year-old, he comes out one night and he goes, Mom, what's a (laughs) floatus? What? Some of these moms were awake because this is when their days begin.
6: My husband has to be at work at 545, So, I'm like, well, maybe I can be up and get a lunch pack, start a load of laundry, uh, (laughs) avoid being late
4: to
5: work at 8. So, I'm just doing some morning prep. What time is it there? It is 4.14 a.m., so.
2: Did you get enough sleep tonight? I mean... I'll be functional with a cup of coffee. (laughs) Since we recorded this episode, I've reached out to all of these callers to thank them for the late night company. Amy in California says the teething is way better. Sarah in Maine says her kids started growing a chin like Jabba the Hutt. When she texted me this, it came out like Jabba the Hutt. (laughs) Moms and their coffee, you know. Our Australian callers, Tess and Melanie, they are still texting about acupuncture treatments. Melanie is considering another IUI, but unfortunately they ran out of the sperm donor she likes. She keeps hitting reload on the clinic's website, and it's the same 10 guys. And you know, Tess still needs to really convince me that her son Tobin is a human baby. Here's a recording of him that she just sent me. Tobin, what does the crow say? on, that is a crow. And Julie and her family and little baby Nolan, they are all home from the hospital. He came home at seven weeks, and she says he's making up for lost time by eating and pooping constantly. She says his big brother Ethan loves him and has declared Nolan his best friend. We want to hear from you. What goes on in your life as a parent or aspiring parent at three in the morning? And do you think you're going to miss it someday? Tell us in the comments for this episode. That's episode number 175. And P.S. Why do you think there aren't any dads who called in? Here at the show, we really want to hear from dads. So we picked a topic for next week's Halloween special that we think dads are going to love.
0: As soon as we pulled the dress down just a little bit, I hear this like this like spilling sound, like really loose mud hitting the ground.
2: Do not miss this episode. Subscribe to The Longest Shortest Time on Stitcher or wherever you're listening right now. This episode was produced by me, Andre Salenzi, with Jackie Sajiko. The two of us stayed up that whole night while our show's creator and executive producer, Hillary Frank, slept through it. Her daughter's eight. She goes to the bathroom by herself now. Our engineers are Pete Karam and Jared O'Connell. Our music is performed by hotmoms.gov. We get editorial support from Peter Clowney, Antonia Akatunde, Anne Marie Baldonado, Reika Murthy, and Julia Wang. And as always, here at the longest, shortest time, we want to hear your stories. Right now, we're seeking out moms running for office, big and small. Is there one on your ballot? Are you a mom in politics? tell us. Go to longestshortesttime.com, hit the participate tab, and submit your story.
3: What does a lion say?
1: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Start your electric journey right here, right now.